Tower 3 Alpha, West Central Florida. QSL? West Central Florida, thanks very much. Yeah, we are 3 Alpha, South Carolina, over. This time on Sonic Earth Expeditions. Field day for hams. How amateur radio operators are fine-tuning their communications. It's an opportunity to test our stations for emergency operations. Hello, fellow listeners, and welcome. I'm your host, Mary Beth Toole. No matter what, the apocalypse happens. <laughs> you can always communicate. CQ, CQ, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha calling CQ Field Day. Hi there, I'm uh, Pat Conley, AA0O is my call sign. We're at the Clearwater Fire Training Center in Clearwater, Florida. So here we have the first small tower, we call it. It has two wire antennas on it. Uh, one of them we'll use for the uh, six Pat meter Connelly band on a Pat is the president frequency. of the St. Petersburg and Amateur Radio Club, the Sparks. Um, further down, we've got a, uh, He's showing me around outside where his team has set up their radio towers on the tops of the training center's outbuildings. The Sparks are preparing for field day, a nationwide training exercise for emergency communications. It's also a contest. Yeah, the, uh, the big one is a uh, called a hex beam. It's one that looks like an umbrella. Yeah, it's a like a uh, upside down umbrella. It's, it's a uh, hot and humid day, and as we're looking up at the radio antennas, I can't help but notice that they're set against the backdrop of some dark and ominous rain clouds. More about those rain clouds later. For now, we head inside, where the competition is about to begin. It's Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, big signal. You are 2 Alpha, North Texas. QSL, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie, Foxtrot. Roger, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie, Foxtrot, 73. 73. Yeah, today is, uh, it's American, it's an American event, so everywhere across the U.S., people are doing the same thing as us. CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Again, again. QSL, Kilo Delta 4, Quebec Hotel Bravo, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie, Foxtrot. 
QSL 73, this is Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. KA0 NXI. KA0 NXI, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie Foxtrot. One Delta, Missouri, QSL, 73. This is Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. <laughs> CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Mexico, Sierra. Mexico, Sierra. Uh, Kilo, missing it, 5, Mexico, Sierra, is that right? Sierra, K5, Mike Sugar, over. QSL, K5, Mike Sugar, you, we are 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie, Foxtrot. When we say 3 Alpha, that means we have three radios, and the Alpha means we're working off of shore power, or, or sorry, off of generator power. And so, like, one Delta is someone at their home using their regular station. Uh, you'll be one Delta, and uh, I'll need your second. One E, I believe, is a uh, someone's working from a emergency management center. So if we were in the building next door, we could we could claim that. But uh, here at the fire station, we're, uh, we're three Alpha, so with the three stations going at once. SD. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. Alpha, Alpha, Yankee. Kilowatt 5, Bravo, Alpha, Yankee. QSL, Kilowatt 5, Bravo, Alpha, Yankee. 3 Alpha, Whiskey, Charlie, Foxtrot. Very good, we are 2, Foxtrot, South Texas. QSL, 73, Whiskey 4, Tango, Alpha, QRZ. Ending Gulf Sierra. QSL, Whiskey 4, Golf Sierra, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie, Foxtrot. Roger, we're 3 Alpha, Sierra Charlie. QSL, 73, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. There's a series of codes that come from literally telegraph operators 100 years ago, and they're short codes. Everybody agreed on what they meant. So QS, everything's a question and an answer. So QSL means, do you understand or did you understand? And if it's an answer, it means confirmed or I understood. So he basically said, this is who we are, QSL, and we said QSL. So yes, do you understand? Yes, I understand. I'm Charles, W4BPP. Whiskey X-ray. Uh, thank you. Here's Whiskey X-ray 4, Bravo, Bravo, Quebec. Uh, copy our one Echo, Georgia. CQ is the, I'm looking for a contact, then I say field day, which is the name of the event, so they know I'm not just looking for a general conversation, and then I say whiskey for Tango Alpha, which is our call sign, and then I wait, and then they come back with their call sign, and then I've heard him, so I reply to him that I've heard his call sign with his own call sign, and then I give him our exchange, so he knows now that we know who he is, and he has our information. Then he ha sends us his information, and now we've made a complete contact. After that, I'm looking for another contact, so I say 73, which is best regards, or you know, thank you. And then uh, 
I say QRZ, which means I'm waiting for new caller. If no one responds within a couple, you know, five seconds or so, I'll start over again at the beginning with the CQ. And then that process continues until tomorrow. Ad <laughs> nauseum. <laughs> Roger that. Uh, November 4, Alpha Hotel Oscar. Uh, are you working from home? Uh, Roger. I got straight in, but one echo. One echo. Over. Roger that. One echo. And what was your section again? South Carolina. QSL 73, uh, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. Whiskey 4, Delta Whiskey. Whiskey 4, Delta Whiskey, uh, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie Fox. Six Alpha. Six Alpha. QSL 73, this is Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. CQ Field Day, CQ Field Day, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Italy Tango? Whiskey 4, Italy Zulu Tango, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie Fox. QSL, West Central Florida. Two Alpha, Golf Alpha. Roger. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ, Georgia. Papa Papa? November 3, Foxtrot Papa. November 3, Foxtrot Papa. Uh, 3 Alpha, Whiskey Charlie Fox. QSL, Coffee 1 Alpha, Georgia. QSL, 73, Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha, QRZ. So that's how it goes. <laughs> Shows a pace. Really fast. C CQ, and literally the letters are C and Q, but we're actually saying CQ as an ICQ to talk to me. So it's an open, it's an open invitation to anybody that's currently listening. Ham radio in the United States is sort of governed by the American Radio Relay League. It's a very old-fashioned name, ARRL. Uh, so that's who sort of governs what we're doing. Uh, and so this is an event that they schedule basically every year, and the theory is that it's an opportunity to test our stations for emergency operations. Um, and so as we had a, a joke during our briefing, the first contact proves that the generator's running and that the wires work and that we know how to hook up an antenna and all that stuff and everything works. And then once we make the first contact, we've proved that it works, and then the rest of it's basically a, a, a friendly and informal contest. And so there's basically one every year scheduled by the ARRL. In fact, there's actually... Um, there's all contests have kind of points like any sport right so this is actually kind of like a radio sport and so if we talk to people in a more rare area or they have they have more operators or they're operating in an emergency uh, we get extra points for those the screen actually tells us what we're scoring um, we have extra points by the press being here by elected officials coming by uh, the ARL has elected officials and so eventually sometime today our ARL elected official will stop by we'll get points for him visiting us right so it's kind of a big organized event to prove that we can leave our stations leave our homes set up an, oper an operation and use it. Um, and then the idea is it goes for 24 hours to essentially prove that you've got the capability to operate for extended periods of time as opposed to just a, a casual afternoon in a park or something. So What we were doing j just now is called sideband. It's a AM signal where someone found that if you split the signal in half and use the sideband portion of it, you get more power output for the same energy price. They don't know, actually know who figured that out, but it was a long time ago. So that's how most voice communication happens. We also have a digital station where we use a uh, program called FT8 that sends a uh, very small bandwidth signal that can be 
heard with very low power and low signal strength. So it's been, just came out a few years ago and it's very popular now. It's the most popular mode just due to the fact that you can get such long distances with a low power and just a modest radio station. And then uh, you may or may not hear the Morse code in the background. That's called CW. That uh, okay. is uh, the Morse code signal, which is the first mode that was available via ham radio. So uh, the Morse code contacts count as two two points in the contest. So we try to get as many of those as possible. But there's not as many people that are doing that sort of thing because it's uh, kind of a dying art. But uh, I personally enjoy it a lot. It's very difficult to learn, but it's uh, it's fun to do. is one of the more technical hobbies out there, but you probably already know the basics. That radio travels through the air in electromagnetic waves, and those waves are divided into bands of frequencies. For example, FM, AM for broadcasting. There's an air band for communications with aircraft and a marine band for ships, to name a few. And the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, set aside bands for use by amateurs, too. To reduce interference, they require that ham radio operators pass an exam. There's three levels of licensing, technician, general, and extra. The technician gives you local frequencies that you can use locally, and then the general will give you high frequency, which will go a much further distance. The test is a little bit more difficult for that, and then the extra will give you additional. It's uh, more of a memorization to get your license, but uh, it's needed just so people don't just transmit willy-nilly. David. KR4U got his first ham radio license in 1958. He's working the CW, or Morse code station. I've had a license a long, long time, and now Morse code is not required. When I got started in this, there were three license classes that required Morse code, actually. Novice was five words per minute, and then general class was 13, and extra class was 20, when a word is five letters. So to get a general class license, which covered quite a bit of uh, band or territory, was 13 words a minute, so that would be 65 characters that you had to copy in one minute. And if you went for your extra class license, then that was 20, that would be 100 characters you had to copy without an error.
oh, there's all kinds of, uh, I guess you would say, abbreviations or shortcuts. There's all kinds for, for all kinds of things. WX is weather. Uh, you know, Q, QTH is your location. RQTH would be really St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, again, is AGN. Thanks is TNX. Thank you is TU. I mean, these, <laughs> these are all abbreviations. There's a list a mile long. Because fewer people know Morse code these days, in the competition, it can mean a long night for those who do. Now are you going to stay all night? Are you going to do that? Yeah, probably will, unless I can get some, somebody else to work some CW. And uh, I know a couple people, but they're not here right now, so I don't know. You might be stuck. You might be stuck. If I'm stuck, I'll just stick it out. Last time I was up here, I left at... Uh, 11 o'clock Sunday morning. I just stayed all night and left at 11 o'clock Sunday. So, it's fun. <laughs> but David gets a break when Pat arrives. You want to work some CW, Chief? Sure, if you're, if you're up. To transmit the Morse code, Pat uses a telegraph key. How do you send a question mark? It's a uh, dit dit da da dit dit. So like that. <laughs> so that's the question mark if you hear that, and uh, and then there's thank you, which is tu. It sounds like so. That's how that that works. You'll hear those quite often from people. In addition to the field day call sign that Pat explained, each ham operator has their own call sign, and that's how they introduce themselves. It's kind of a ham radio thing. People know each other by their call signs. My name is Bruce. I am November 4, Bravo Charlie Kilo. Bruce is at the Spark's third station, the digital mode FT8 that Pat had mentioned. On the screen is a display called the Waterfall. There's a picture of what they call a waterfall that has little colored pictures of what you receive on the radio. And it shows the different conversations coming down the waterfall as you 
um, receive the, the data on the radio. Unlike the sounds of Morse code, in this digital mode, you can't understand the tones by listening to them. So that, that's the sound of what the computer turns the data into. And in terms of what we use it for, it's not actually important to understand what the sound sounds like, because as you said, you can't listen to the sound like you can Morse code and interpret it with your brain. But this computer is able to send something that a different computer is able to decode. And because it's encoded in that way, um, it makes it so that it's reliable and it's easy. So you can use this concept to send messages about more than just what we're doing today to be able to say, um, you, know, you know, hi, I'm here. You could use the same technology to send a message that says, hi, I'm in Clearwater, can you help me? The science behind this program is to enable exactly that kind of communications where um, with a different program, instead of sending little short messages like this, we send messages that emergency communications groups send like, we have a bunch of people at our shelter, we need water, we need bandages, we need medicine. Um, or, you know, uh, something happened and we need to get fuel for the generator. Something happened and we need to get the fire department to come. All of those things are things that this kind of technology can do. So this morning we came at, people started probably 8 o'clock and took four or five hours setting up antennas and radios and computers and things to make this work. And for some of us, that's the point. Once it works, once you make the first contact, okay, it worked, we're good. Um, so people say field day is a contest, but it's also really not a contest. It's really intended to be an exercise to make sure we can make this work. They go out and they set up in a park, in the yard, in the unusual place. So one day, you know, all the cell towers break or something, we can still talk to people. Um, we really hope that doesn't happen, <laughs> but we know that we can make it work if we have to. With the thunderstorm approaching, there's time for just one more contact. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. We are 3 Alpha, West Central Florida. QSL? Central Florida, thank you very much. Yeah, we are three Alpha, South Carolina, over. QSL, thank you so much. Do we have lightning? Oh, yeah, it's going to be on. Oh. It's going to be very quickly. Okay. Are you in the middle of making a contact or anything?
All right, leave that radio up and running. You can leave everything the way that it is. Okay. Okay, we're going to disconnect it to panel once I get I lost a $1,500 radio with lightning, so it happened. The team has to stop transmitting during the thunder and lightning, so they button up their equipment and ride out the storm. storm isn't severe, but it underscores the kind of extreme event that could happen, the kind of events they're training for. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's just, it, yeah, you define the emergency, I'll define how ham radio is used, right? Uh, it, you know, if there's a local power outage, it's a source of information, it's a source of contact in your local area to people you're familiar with, or people that might still have electricity, they can maybe give you some basic information about what's happening. Um, you can report weather, um, uh, weather service information. The National Weather Service actually monitors and cooperates with amateur radio folks, or we can actually participate in a thing called Skywarn, where we actually report back immediately local conditions. And the average person, if you, sometimes you'll see, uh, you know, uh, funnel cloud reported, and it'll say uh, funnel cloud reported uh, by uh, radar, source radar indicated, or it'll say source spotter, that's us, right? So we can actually say, I'm seeing hail, and then that becomes part of the National Weather Service report for it. So it builds from sort of, you know, let's say small emergencies like hail or tornadoes and things like that up to, you know, power, you know, grid level events, powers out, things like that. You have the ability to basically bridge communications. Um, it, it's different today than it was in the past. In the past when there weren't easy things like cellular communication and internet communication where you could quickly send a short bit of information like I'm okay or send help over a text message something, uh, it was used for that. Now there are other methods for that, but this is still used, for example, um, in the Bahamas, uh, ham radio was heavily used when there was no infrastructure whatsoever after the hurricanes last year. Ham radio operators were basically relaying information, everything from this is where we need help to John Smith is okay, let his family know. And then that we actually have a, a, a formal method for passing traffic amongst amateur radio operators across the country, and that's part of our exercise today too. So we actually have a formal organized thing where we can pass short little messages around to get it to John Smith's aunt in Sheboygan. My name is Dawn, uh, WA4HLI. My dad was in the Navy and he was a crypto tech, so he, he was into the communication stuff to begin with. My dad's been a ham all my life, so I grew up listening to him and he would have occasionally let me, uh, let me transmit on his station and, you know, talk to Santa Claus, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we used to track Santa around the world. Occasionally he'll send me 
messages, text messages and, and dits and dots no to way. test me. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of always wanted to do it and just never really had the courage to go out there and take the test. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not an easy test, <laughs> especially if you don't understand anything about how it all works. So I took a class actually through one of the, um, one of the clubs here and it was two weekends that I was here. They taught you pretty much everything you needed to know for the test, and then you pass the test, you get your license, and here I am. I have my little handheld. That's all I have so far. But my dad said he wants to give me some of his stuff that he doesn't use anymore. He's got a ton of radio stuff everywhere around the house, so. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. Tango Alpha, go ahead. Whiskey 4, Tango Alpha. We are 3 Alpha, West Central Florida. QSL? I like to talk to people. So this is an opportunity for me to be able to talk to people around the world that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to talk to otherwise. And it's, you know, the, the AV element of it, the... <laughs> <laughs> the electronics and stuff, I, I don't get a whole lot of that, not yet, but it's fun to learn about. So hopefully before too long I'll be able to build my own radio stuff and, you know, put up my own antenna. For now I have to ask for help from all these guys. <laughs> They call us YLs, young ladies, and we are we are very rare. Um, most of the people that do this have been doing it since it was big in the you know 60s and 70s, and and most of them are guys. So um, they kind of <laughs> they kind of appreciate talking to ladies and. Um, I actually find that when I'm on the air, if I put out a CQ, which means uh, I'm, I'm wanting somebody to respond, anybody come back to me. When they hear a girl's voice, <laughs> people tend to respond because there's not a whole lot of us out there, so it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I talked to somebody in Russia when I was with my dad. Um, it was under my dad's station when I was a kid. And that was just the, the neatest thing in the world to me was to talk to somebody who, who was on the other side of the world. You know? With radio, we throw our voices out into the sky asking, is anyone else out there listening? The act of seeking connection is fundamental to our human nature. When you think about it, the idea that we can hear another human voice coming through in waves from a faraway place is kind of mind-blowing. That's radio. Aside from, you know, it being very useful in an emergency situation, which is what field day is all about. It's really about being able to communicate when you don't have power. So we use alternative power sources and stuff. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think that we are way too dependent on the internet for things, <laughs> and radio is always there. It's always there. So no matter what, the apocalypse happens, <laughs> you can always communicate.
thank you and a huge 73 to my guests, the Sparks, especially Pat, Charles, Dave, Bruce, and Don. You can find out more about them on their website at spark, S-P-A-R-C, club.org. I'll put a link in the show notes. The music tracks used in this episode can be found for purchase on my Bandcamp site at cosmicpiano.bandcamp.com. It's a great way to show support for the podcast. You can also rate and review this episode. I'm Mary Beth Toole, and you've been listening to Sonic Earth Expeditions. Until next time, thank you, and remember, better living through listening. Happy trails. Happy trails.